So you want to know a little bit more about the UCF Knights? <laughs> Do I have the show for you? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Another episode of Locked on Baylor brought to you by FanDuel. I'm Cam Stewart. Thank you for making it your first listen today, tomorrow, and every day. Join with Joining me tonight, the great Austin Heff, who is going to be talking UCF like it's his job, kind of because it kind of is. Austin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You caught me at a great time. We got our live weekly Twitter spaces, space nights coming up. Uh, tonight so yeah you uh got me in a good good energy feeling feeling good thanks for having me that's awesome well thank you for for coming on because you know this is interesting i talked a little bit yesterday about the ucf fans love them or hate them they they get twitter they know how to be a college fan base on twitter so so you guys do this every day every week with space nights kind of lay out what the deal is with the twitter spaces yeah so we do it once a week we started just kind of scheduling them hopping on and we had some current and former players listening and uh, you just create a relationships through there. We're actually interviewing uh, someone who was on that 2013 UCF oh, team. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. No. I, I, I was like, oh, you're setting me up for it. You know, that's, that's <laughs> it's inevitable this week. Inevitable. Yeah. This week. No, and I, and uh, he, he, it's going to be fun. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, we do it every week. A couple, uh, three of us do it. And uh, we've been interviewing a, a lot of different, all different sports. You know, that's what we love about doing it. It's not just yeah. football, we do basketball, softball um and uh obviously football too and yeah we're, we uh we have fun with it we just try to have fun we've built up a, a friend i call it a friend group i wouldn't call it like a, an audience or like fan base of <laughs> yeah. ours it's our friends that we've grown to to get closer with and uh, we're excited to uh do another one tonight well that's great so check that out every week and we'll give you a chance to, to plug a little bit more i know that's not the only thing you're doing uh but talking about UCF and, and you let's just start from from here and as the fan base standpoint we saw the billboard new members of the big 12 I, I know the first game didn't go great and I know it's only been one game but how how is the fan base feeling about life in the big 12 first of all I want to make sure we send our gratitude to Baylor for doing that that's what I'll let the them know shit. I'll let them yeah. know <laughs> no you probably have connections I mean you're <laughs> reading ads from FanDuel and whatnot uh, so yeah, definitely feel, uh, feel the gesture. We feel the good vibes coming from you all coming from all throughout the conference. And again, thank you for, for putting up those billboards. The first game, it didn't look on paper, like it went well, but we had the lead in the third quarter yeah. out on the road at K state. Uh, we had a handle on the game up until even coach Gus even said there was a fourth and two close to the middle of the field that we just elected to punt on. And that if, you know, hindsight's 2020 if you go for it and get the first down because we punted they went 85 yards and scored and that was pretty much it where they never looked back so while yes on paper we got blown out it, it seems we feel pretty good about where we stand at least football wise uh yeah. you know basketball season's coming up soon so uh, i think the gauntlet of the big 12 will be felt but that's where we get our oh. revenge on everyone austin <laughs> that's going to be what this year is yeah yeah so yeah, talking but, about yeah. So talking about that that game a little bit, just in terms of, you know, you go on the road, you're playing the conference champs. You said you had the lead in the second half. It felt like it was there for the taking with a backup quarterback in there. So I mean that to say, has that changed 
y'all's expectations on this night seem and, and what were the expectations coming into this season? Um, a lot of us. So I projected a seven and five record and I, I don't think I actually went through each game and said, win, loss, win, loss. But right. when you're looking at the schedule, the vibes. You're, yeah. yeah, the vibes you're on the road against the conference defending conference champs. I don't know how much you can really expect out of a first year team like us uh, to really win that game. But I think we showed we belong. And I think that the looking at the mistakes we made uh, certain, you know, whether it was a fumble or whether it was not lining up correctly on defense, as I've heard or, or read about, um, I think those are issues that can be corrected. I think we have good talent. You mentioned the backup quarterback situation. Timmy's Timmy. Timmy's pretty good. He played us when he was at USF. His She was a true freshman and they had us down to the last play of the game. And he, uh, almost willed as a true freshman, almost willed USF to beat us in our house. And so that put a lot of fans on notice and then he hit the portal and then he came over to us. So we felt good about our quarterback situation going into the season. And he played, he played pretty good. He, he made maybe a throw. He could probably want to take back or two, but um, you know, Kobe Hudson really showed his uh, prowess, his ability and Timmy helped him get there uh, last game. So I think overall, yeah, it, there wasn't much expectations going into that game. But if you talk to a lot of fans, which I do, um, this week I think is, is a little different just because of the home atmosphere. For sure, for sure. And I, and I do want to talk about Timmy a little bit in the next segment. But, I mean, even just beforehand, I know a lot of the Baylor fans, they're, they're still getting familiar with these new teams. And I think Baylor fans, like the rest of the country, is going to have to get used to the name John Rice Plumley. So tell me why he is one of the great underrated quarterbacks in the country. Well, he had to, so he played quarterback at Ole Miss, came in and scored five touchdowns on the road against LSU, almost won that game as a freshman back in 2019. Basically by he himself. Yeah. Yeah. He almost will, he almost did, he almost beat LSU by himself. And that, that was the 2019 LSU team that may go down as one of the best teams ever. So you take that into account, and then he moved to receiver, Matt Corral, NFL, future NFL quarterback, took over the position. And so then he switched back to quarterback when he hit the portal and came over to UCF. And so it's it's like learning, like relearning a language that you haven't spoken in years. Right. Uh, like I took Spanish my whole life, but then like there's a many a big year gap in between classes, and I'm like, ah, oh, like like you know, so you have to it takes a while to to relearn that. He spent all offseason with our new offensive coordinator, Darren Hinshaw, former UCF quarterback, UAB's uh, offensive coordinator. Um, he, we were going to do a lot of power running. We we're going to do a lot of running and deep balls down the field. And he showed in that Boise State game, if you watch the highlights, that he can go He can go win games. He can uh, do it. He could do it with his arm. He could do it with his legs. And he's one of the fastest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Um, he's got wheels. Yeah. Yeah. If you pull up the tape of our road game, regular season road game against Tulane last year, uh, again, we're talking about a pretty good Tulane team. So he's yeah. done it against good competition in his career. He ran like a 70 yard touchdown, like one of the first plays of the game. And we never looked back. And it, it has to, it, he knows when to run, he knows when to pass. And he got way better this offseason. There were a lot of issues. Is he holding on to the ball? Is he, fumbling the ball he didn't make a single turnover worthy play against boise state that's a tough atmosphere blue yeah. turf a big rowdy fan base and 
he stepped up. So it's unfortunate, obviously. And I know y'all are dealing with the injury at quarterback yeah. as well. <laughs> um, it, it's always really tough to have to, to see that because you don't, you never want that from anybody on any team, especially your own. And I've gotten to know him a little bit. He is such a nice dude. Um, really nice to his core and you watch him move. He's like everywhere. Like he's always trying to just practice what he preaches, you know, put in the work and be a leader by example. And it hurts to see him hurt. Um, but he's supposed to come back hopefully next week um, at the latest, probably a couple weeks from now is a, a sprain. So um, yeah, feeling for him right now, praying for you, John Rice. And he is certainly going to be one of America's darlings at quarterback when he comes back in. And when he does come back, you know what you can do, Austin? You can do some player props on him, and you could do it through FanDuel Sportsbook, who is to a locked-on Baylor sponsor for the day. Right now, new customers are getting $200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Of course, we've got some great games this weekend with Baylor and UCF right at the top of that billing. Uh, we've got the NFL in full swing. We have got baseball playoffs coming up. This is a great time of year for sports fans. And the great thing is the app is so easy to use. They can do spreads, player props, over-unders, basically anything you can think of. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Okay, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get those bets in for this weekend. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Tossing it back into the show here. Austin, we were talking a little bit about John Rice Plumley, but it's been the Timmy show uh, here at UCF. Tell me about the confidence uh, that y'all have in the new uh, signal caller. Uh, I, I love me some Timmy McClain. First of all, I'm left-handed. And I grew oh, up playing. Be an icon. Yeah, got grew up playing a lot of quarterback just down the street at the field, ended up playing a lot with a future D2 scholarship athlete for receiver. Uh, so I, I, I love watching lefty quarterbacks throw because I, it, it reminds me of me a bit. Um, the, the ball spins a little different, but he's got a, a really good head on his shoulders. He is a great athlete, but most importantly, he's not afraid of a big throw. And, and you'll probably see that hopefully this weekend, but on the road at K-State, really big crowd. They love their Wildcats. But yeah. he stood in the pocket and made some insane throws for somebody who was backing up our starter. You know, usually those players aren't ready to make an, and lock on and, and make a big throw locked on. You know, he, he was yes. locked on Perfect in his luck. assignments and, and going through his reads. And you love to see that from somebody who you you don't really have, have a lot of good history of watching him at UCF. He hit the portal. And he didn't play at all last year. He was sitting out and because uh, he got here kind of late. And he uh, is definitely performing well. A lot of fans, uh, I'm not saying there's a controversy. I think it's JRP's job. But if you talk to some other fans, they may tell you something different. And that just shows you that we're pretty lucky. And to that extent. Yeah, um, to have yeah we'll take two... one of those. <laughs> Good quarterbacks. We'd love one of those. They're both <laughs> off limits, brother. Oh, damn. You know, it was worth a shot. Worth a shot. And so this weekend, you talk about taking shots. Um, Timmy does it. JRP does it. Uh, but you mentioned first, this is a Gus Malzahn offense. They're going to try to run the heck out of the ball. Is that what you guys have been seeing this season? 
Yeah, uh, whether it's R.J. Harvey, uh, what Johnny Richardson, who Johnny Richardson. I don't, he, I don't think he gets enough love from uh, UCF fan base um, for what he did, especially last week, um, making plays that didn't look like plays that ended up being huge gains. And there was there's, there's some Deuce Vaughn in him, I think, a little bit. You know, he's not Deuce, but we've been watching the Big Twelve a couple years now. There's a little Deuce Vaughn in that kid. Yeah, um, my. My biggest feared uh, Baylor player ever is Sean Oakman, just because of the memes. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Johnny Richardson can can run the ball. Kobe Hudson, I think, is going to the NFL. I think that uh, people have talked about him in that regard. But running the ball, uh, whether it's R.J. Harvey, uh, whether it's Johnny Richardson, whether it's a little bit of Demarcus Bowman, uh, a friend of mine, Jordan McDonald. I'm good friends with his dad. He sits right by me at the games. Uh, we're pretty we're pretty stacked, I'd say, at the running back position, but. There's obviously a lot of homer bias, but I've seen all of them break out runs. Um, each and the one individually. Yeah, our, our yards per carry is up there. Yeah. And right so now. with that, you know, <laughs> on the defensive side, this is the great stat of the matchup because in Big 12 rankings, these two teams rank 13th and 14th against the run. So I, the question that I pose in the sidebar here, I'll just pose it to you. If they don't have to, do you think we're going to see a pass in this game? Just one. Well, I mentioned that Hinshaw comes from a run-heavy offense. Gus is a run-heavy. Remember carry on Johnson back yeah. at Auburn? Pretty much carrying the entire offense back then. Yeah. Uh, if we don't have to pass, we won't. I want to see us pass just because I want to see our receivers happy, especially uh, Javon Baker, who's a Bama transfer, Kobe Hudson, who's an Auburn transfer, and then, and then Xavier Townsend, who's uh, a breakout star for us. I, I want to see all of them get involved. But if the run game's cooking, why, why go away from it? Both teams. If it ain't broke. If it ain't broke. Yeah, at least y'all have the option of passing. Uh, we'll see how that is. I mean, this could be a Leatherheads type of pre-war three yards in a cloud of dust type of game, which would be just so great and still be like 31-28 with – how these two teams stop the run. Uh, but talking about the season in general, you talked about seven and five was what you were thinking before the season. Now standing at three and one, um, you know, the obviously like most teams, you know, the, the first month of the schedule isn't the most daunting one that you're going to have. Are you sticking with that seven and five? Are you hedging your bets here a little bit? We're, we're I'm feeling good about the seven and five. Um, Again, the Kansas State game, I'm not saying anything's a scheduled loss. You shouldn't look at Can't think look, that way. Come on, Austin. Yeah, every game's winnable. But we really felt that way. And I love our, our – I keep talking about Darren Henshaw. He, he, he broke it down basically saying the same thing I'm saying, which is that while, yes, there were issues and mistakes and things we'd like back, the, everything we did I feel like can be corrected. I don't think it was a talent issue or uh, – play call issue it was a little bit of execution that mm -hmm. can be corrected and i think we have a good shot to win some of these games uh the rest of the year you know unfortunately for you guys i think one of them is the baylor game but it's gonna be emotional for both teams uh i think uh i think baylor really really wants to win after last week yeah um you know how how that game went uh so yeah both teams both teams are gonna come in hungry but you can't underestimate uh, a storied program like Baylor. For ever. sure. I, hey, I'll take that storied program. You guys writing that down? Yes, write that down. Uh, take, talking about, I mean, you said it, Gus basically said the same thing this week in terms of 
you know, it's mistakes, but they're correctable mistakes. And that's, that's the positive side from, from UCF. So with that, what, what have the weaknesses been in this team? What has been kind of the, the, the chinks in the armor here? So you mentioned it a little bit, right? Um, you don't want, you don't want to see too many big runs broken out. You don't want to see too much broken coverage, but, um, it's, um, some new players in new spots on defense and, and that's gotta be a little bit of the weak spot. Um, and it's just, uh, the tackling, the tackling has got to be corrected. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's get back to the basics, go low, um, you know, beat them to the spot, lining up on defense in the correct spot, things like that, that once they look, they look at the tape this week, they're able to be like, Hey, okay. On, on this play call on defense, I should be here, not there. Um, those little things I think can go a long way, but yeah, the tackling has been something that can be better and, and the coverage is something that can also be better. Just a communication on defense, um, you know, could be a little better. Um, it's tough in a conference like the big 12, Will Howard's a Senate, the tight end, yeah, uh, they Sinnott had a few, they get yeah. ins all three, the, 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 tr the big three right there. They, okay. they had, they had their way and, uh, you know, we got to come a little stronger this week. And speaking of Gus a little bit, I mentioned him in that last question. You know, he kind of has a weird tenure at Auburn. Um, I think a lot of their fans weren't uh, weren't too sad to see him go, uh, but has kind of picked up where he left off in terms of what he did at Auburn. He brought them into the national championship game, and he's starting to rebuild UCF quite a bit down there in Orlando. So is, is that is that kind of the, the thought amongst the fans that, that we're lucky to have a guy like this? We hope to have him for a while. Yeah, he's a program builder. He is. He's someone that likes to build. He saw this as a gold mine. Everything he says and does in the UCF arena and the UCF kind of environment has been, you know, things the fans like to see. Uh, whether it's recruiting and taking that serious, you know, he said we're going to recruit like our hairs on fire, and then picking up a John Walker who is yeah. probably one of the best true freshmen in the entire country. Um, someone to probably take note of as he gets older and he's a, he's a couple of years, probably going to go early. Um, someone who I've, I've gotten to know pretty well and it's the recruiting. It's the, you know, taking this serious and, and really caring a lot. You could see it in how he moves. He came on space nights and was just a bundle of fun. He, he's somebody who you want to be around uh, because he is always going to bring good energy, but he has a, such a good grasp of the game of football. Um, you know, how to make space for offensive players, how to get them in a position to do well. Uh, he coached up Cam Newton. I know a lot of people say he would have been fine without Gus. But if you ask Cam himself, they he comes back uh, to talk to Gus pretty often and they hang out in his office at UCF. And I mean, we're talking about one of the best college football players of all time. Yeah, um, arguably. I mean, he's in the conversation. So uh, we, we love I love Gus. I know a lot of fans love Gus. We want him here as long as he wants to be here. Yeah, and I think college football fans, I think it's pretty easy to tell. The brains behind the awesome season that Cam Newton had at Auburn was not Gene Chizik's brain power doing that. So definitely a, a Gus Malzahn um, production uh, there for Cam Newton in that national championship season. And now, finally, we're kind of shifting gears one last time. Got to talk about it. How awesome is the bounce house? Yeah, so I call it my second home. Uh, I obviously yes. live here, yes. it's Apopka, Florida, but I, I consider the bounce house my second home for so many reasons. I, my freshman year, 
I was holding up a in Godfrey we trust sign. There's a guy named Jeff Godfrey who uh, he actually had a decent game, I think, against you guys uh, as a receiver. But he was a quarterback back then, and Orlando Sentinel featured that photo in their like cover article about UCF. And um, you know, I, I just love the environment, the energy. My season tickets are in a great spot. The students have been really bringing the heat this year. I've already commended them on Twitter. I want to say it again. Thank you so much, students, for understanding what's at stake. Uh, we're the new kids on the block, and we kind of have to you know, make a good impression uh, to the rest of the fan bases in the Big 12. We want to be able to say, hey, we're as rowdy as everybody else around here. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it's really loud. It's uh, like metal aluminum seats, and uh, the bouncing, the – the shaking, the stomping, it the sound refracts off of it. So it's not a concrete stadium. And so mm -hmm. because of that, I think it's louder than it would be if it was concrete. And I'll never forget Desmond Ritter, a great quote. He played on the road at Notre Dame the same year he played at us. Yep. And they asked him, what was the best road atmosphere you've ever seen? And he immediately said UCF. He's like, no question. He's like, they know how to, they know how to cheer for a college football team. At UCF and to us we still bring that quote back we're like wow like thank you Desmond like that gave us a lot of credibility uh throughout the country uh so it was nice of him to say that and yeah I, we all love that place yeah and I mean you could see it on TV the bounce house is an apt name I mean it, it it really gets up I hope it's that same way in the afternoon game obviously night games are a little bit easier to get the juice in the place but talking about the programs in general I mentioned this on my show yesterday in that you called Baylor a storied program. I thought that was a little flattering. Uh, we, we've been around a while, but, you know, the good days are relatively new again um, within the last 10, 15 years after some some down years. So with that and, and the rise that we've seen of these two programs, one rising again, one rising kind of for the first time in terms of, you know, big bowl wins and all that of over the last decade, how, how similar do you see? these two types of football programs. I know, you know, the, the undergrad enrollments were way different, uh, but in terms of, you know, where we're located with these two high school football hotbeds, the fan base surrounded, do you see the similarities between UCF and Baylor? Or is that just me making it up? You're not making it up. I mean, when you really think about it, the, the hunger of both teams, of both programs being sandwiched between some blue bloods, you know, yes. with Florida State and Florida being our neighbors, you know, Texas being a neighbor of you guys. Um, and I know and it, I know you're living amongst them, too. That's the other thing that, you know, not a lot of states get to get to realize you're living amongst the Gators and the Knowles. I mean, we're we have plenty of Aggies in this part of Texas. Uh, we've got Longhorns here, too. So, so you're you're dealing with it every day, even when off Twitter, you're in it every day. Yeah. Knowles license plates, uh, Gators license plates. For the longest time, this was, remember, Orlando and Gainesville are like an hour and a half from each other. Yeah. So you have to think a lot of people who were born and raised in Orlando, uh, like you said, we're pretty new. You know, a lot of UCF fans yeah. be like, oh, we've been here. But the Gators were their home team. It was only an hour and a half. They'd probably get up early on a Saturday, drive out to Gainesville. And that's why we, like, you see my flag. Uh, it says Orlando's hometown team right there. Uh, they've been, our marketing department's really been trying so hard to push that. So being, you know, being invited to the Big 12 was such a milestone for that, for the, abil the ability to now to be like, yeah, okay, you had Power 5 football an hour and a half away. What about Power 5 football in your backyard? Yeah. Um, and, yes, it, it is similar to Baylor where, of course, Baylor's much older, much older institution, a lot more history. But 
in the sense of like we're fighting we're almost like fighting for attention from your parents your yeah, parents being the, same the state you live in yeah, yeah you know you, you want the locals to care about you and not the aggies not the longhorns you know you got football right there too yeah and that that's certainly a struggle that still goes on with baylor obviously being a private school being a very expensive school doesn't help uh but trying to get that in your own backyard and would it shock you if i told you i have a cousin who lives in a popka or at least at a popka area big gator big big gators <laughs> i mean didn't that's go there child of the 90s so he grew up with spurrier big big time gators so i could like i can personally attest to that so looking That's at so the game this weekend I, I could ask you about the fiesta bowl i'm not going to i know it was a great night for y'all um but looking Don't, at yeah. the game this weekend do you have a score prediction for us you mentioned 31 28 i mean i you know baylor again is going to come out hungry uh you know we have had different seasons one and three uh three and one um yeah, I, I, I'll go with let's go let's go twenty eight twenty four. Okay, uh, I think I think playing a Big Twelve defense at home uh, is new. Um, and that, and that is gonna, high scoring, by the way, for two teams that aren't going to pass that much if they don't have to. There's not a lot of possessions in this game, so you're you're putting points on there. Yeah, I'll take twenty eight twenty four just because there there will be good energy um, and we will be prepared. I, I don't I, Gus teams are pretty prepared at home. Uh, and, and from what I've seen, we don't lose a lot with Gus at home. So, uh, yeah, 28-24 feels a bit uh, safe. Apt. Yes. Awesome. Well, Austin, thank you so much for coming on. Plug away. Where can we find you on Twitter? Where can we find you on the interweb? Yeah, you see that Twitter ad. Thank you for posting that. That was pretty quick. And my voice just cracked. At <laughs> The Space Knights, all one word. Uh, we're almost going to hit 1,000 followers uh, we had a pretty cool space uh, spaces with a guy named MH version three uh, a few months ago um, that a lot of big 12 fans came and tuned in that night and got to experience what we do. Um, it's fun. It's once a week, every Wednesday, either 8 PM or 9 PM. We've been doing 9 PM because one of our hosts has night class. He's a student still. Uh, so uh, catch us at the space nights every Wednesday, either eight or 9 PM. Uh, and yeah, follow Austin Heff. Uh, I'll be doing a lot of live tweeting. Hopefully, if we can get signal at the bounce house, we'll see. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, follow that. Check that out for all you Big Twelve fans who are looking to get more around the league. That's that's me. That's what I'm trying to do. So I'm following you guys now. Um, I'm I'm tuning into the coverage. Find Austin there. Find Space Nights and all the great folks over there. Austin, once again, thank you so much for coming on. We're expecting or hoping for uh, an exciting game this Saturday at the Bounce House. That's Baylor and UCF. We'll be back tomorrow breaking down more of the Baylor side of things as we look ahead to that matchup. But as for now, this has been and always will be Locked on Baylor.